Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. The best way to avoid panicking in a market downturn is just don't panic. <laughs> Dallas. Thanks, Michael. This is a thesis that I've come across in many different areas of my life. Um, I, th- I think there's a... Culturally, the, now I'm going to do the thing where I step right back and talk about <laughs> the, the, the evolution of our culture. So, so, I think one of the things that in our modern world that we do much more than previously is to talk about our feelings and to you know talk mm. about our, the emotional state of what we're going through and what we're experiencing, which is all you know all positive in many ways. The danger, though, is that we end up talking about these emotions and about these feelings as as though it's something that's something that's sort of it's out of our control whether we then act on them or not. And so, what I'm talking about here is I've read so many times in, in all sorts of different financial planning literature about, you know, talking about how to design a, a design a, a portfolio for a client in a way that, you know, that sto- in a way that stops them from panicking or that, you know, how to communicate, you know, how to talk to your client in a, in a, in a downturn to stop them from panicking. Like, there's, there's all this sort of... And I didn't realize this until I thought about it in other aspects of my life. It's sort of implied as though, as as though the person who actually has the retirement savings, as though the client or as though the individual, is is some sort of dumb animal that's you know, you know, I don't know, getting a fright and running on like a bolting mm. horse. You know what I mean? That that doesn't have any powers of reason. And so, I think that the 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 first tip, and I'll explain the other experiences that. But we talk about this as, you know, throughout many, many of these podcasts, we've talked about, okay, well, for most people, you have to own, you have to own companies throughout your retirement. That's just mm. the fact that you have to do that mm. in order to get the rate of return that you need in order to live the lifestyle you want. You know, how do we, how do we make sure that you, that you don't panic? And, you know, there's a lot of education around that and understanding of what it is we're actually invested into and why we need to be invested in all that. And, and, and yeah, that's all really valuable and really useful. But there's also a component where we just have to make a commitment as as the person with that money invested. We just have to make a commitment to ourselves that we will not panic, and then act on that commitment to ourselves. We've reasoned our way into it. We know why we need to hold what we need to hold. We know that that's going to come with that with those downturns. We just need to make a commitment to just basically toughen up and and not panic and not react based on that fear or on that emotional state that we're going through at that point in time. Does that make any sense at all? Absolutely. So what we need to remember is a couple of things for me that stand out. Number one, um, when markets fall, all that is is that the offer to purchase the great quality companies that you own, it's someone offering you less than what you would otherwise expect. Yes. This is no different to having a million dollar house yep. and someone knocking on your front door so and saying, I'll give you $500,000 yep. for it. Yep. 
you'd slam the door in their face. Yeah, it would laugh. It wouldn't instill panic in that. It way. wouldn't instill panic. Yeah. You'd be hardly tempted to take their offer. Yeah. Now, now part two of that. Though, <laughs> that's what it is. That's, yeah, what, that's, that's this exactly is, this what, is. what it is. But, this I, is what but it is. I think it's yeah. a really interesting one too because part two of that is that is that if you if that did instill panic. So mm. if, for example, you went, oh, geez. The house next door, the neighbour next door to me has he has panicked and sold his house, and he he sold it for five hundred thousand. Jeez, my house that was worth a million, it's it's now worth like that's the most recent market mm. valuation of that house. It's worth five hundred thousand. That's mm. that feels really unpleasant. I don't like that. That causes some panic, some stress, some hysteria. Now, that's part one of it. Part two of it is that that's fine. You you're allowed to experience all those things. You're allowed to go through that those emotional states what you can't then do is ring up old mate who bought the house next door and say you know what i'm feeling really emotional and i'm feeling really in a in a state of sort of hysteria now's a good time for me to make big decisions mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna act on this so not only am i experiencing it we could argue about whether you should experience it or not that's i think outside the realm of for most people you are going to experience that panic Part two of that is don't then ping up the phone. Don't don't ring the guy who's buying houses at five hundred thousand dollars and say, "Hey, I've got this house that I thought was worth a million, but but geez, I don't know. I'm, I'm really stressed out at the moment. So can can I please sell it mm. to you for five hundred thousand? Just don't do that. Just sit there and panic at home on your own. Just don't pick up the phone. It's not that it's not mm. that hard in some ways. Now, separate to this, there's all sorts of retirement planning things around. Yeah, you do have to draw an income from somewhere, and so there's there's a financial planning issue around not having to sell assets in in a downturn. But I think that this is a a big thing for people, and and this is well, all that comes back to for me yeah. is buy when you have the money, yeah, and sell, sell when you, you need to. the money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if yeah. you're retired during yeah. a downturn, yeah, and you need to, you no longer are getting dressed and going to work yeah. yourself. Hope you like you're getting dressed. Yeah. Still. <laughs> um, but you need six thousand dollars that month. You, you need you, you need the money to live yeah. for that month. Yeah, you sell those shares. You, you, yeah, you yeah. sell those companies yeah. at that point in time. Yep. Um, yeah, not forgetting that there's also a dividend element that's yes. getting paid to yep. you even and, during and, the downturn, and, but, and, but, and also but, disregarding that you probably have a small allocation to cash yes. that you could draw from. You can draw from all the yep. all of that. Um, just simply though, just yep. simply. When you need the money, yep. that's when you sell. Yes. And when you, so yep. what we're talking about here is different. Yeah. We're talk, you're talking about blind panic. You don't need the money. Yep. Um, and you volunteer volunteer you're volunteering yep. to the great up. quality companies of Australia and the world. Yep. Um, you're volunteering to sell them yep. at half price. Yes. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about. Yeah. And when, and when and 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 what you're saying is, don't do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I, 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 yeah, like I, I think that there's, I strengthen that. Don't do that. There's Just, a, there's a really interesting one that oh, I think an analogy or the analogy that got me thinking about this is just, is, is the, the, you know, you'll remember one of our previous podcasts called Do or Do Not, There Is No Try. Mm. It, it's the same concept. So the, the phrase that I've, I've read recently, you know, if you want to be tougher, Mm. be tougher yeah like you can't talk your way into it you can't think your way into being either tougher or more disciplined or more what, whatever phrasing you want to use there so a couple of stories that that i have uh, of this one that paints me in a positive light so then i'll tell another one that paints <laughs> someone else in a positive light but when i was training for when i was doing a lot of training for mma and having a few fights 
I talked to a lot of there, there was a fair element of sacrifice and pretty much torture to some degree. Mm. You'd have to train for three hours a day on next to no food to cut weight to get to this point. To me, it was bizarre because I talked to a lot of people in the gym who would say things like, "Yeah, well, yeah, I'd I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't cut that weight, or I couldn't, I couldn't eat that diet, or I couldn't do those hours of training." It kind of really annoyed me because it it always sort of implied that there are, there are just people who can do this, and then there's not, and it sort of implies that it wasn't painful for me. Mm. I'm going, and when people used to say that, it used to really annoy me because I'd be going, I'm not not feeling hungry. This isn't the mm. thing where I've got some amazing metabolism where I can eat a plate of spinach once a day and, and train for three hours and suddenly feel great and feel really happy about it. It was torture the whole way through. It was just that mm. I'd made a choice that that was, that was the thing that I was going to do. And so I was going to do it in spite of the pain and in spite of the, in spite of the emotional state that, that, I, that I was in, in spite of what I felt about it, I was just going to do it anyway. And so mm. that was always interesting one to me because those those people who talked to me about it in that way, they were they said that they wanted to do these things. I want to do this. And I want to. Do that. They were never. They they will never do that, and they can't ever do that because they couldn't they couldn't fathom the concept that it wasn't about not feeling it. It was about not acting on that feeling, and it was about pushing through that feeling. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about here. Is that People talk about not panicking in a in a downturn as though there's some way that you can be invested or that there's some you know, amazing phrase that your advisor can use that talks you out of it at the you know the moment when you want to panic and sell. You know, as though you're not going to experience those feelings. And so maybe it's good news, maybe it's bad news. If you're if you're sitting there thinking, I'm worried that I would panic in, in a downturn, oh, how how do I stop from feeling like that? You can't. You're not you're not going to stop yourself feeling like that. You can't, and there's three words that we have said before and we'll say again, which are don't do that. Yep. So so it's as simple as that. Yeah. Don't Don't do do that. Yep. Yep. Do not sell. Yep. Do not do not panic. Yep. Do not do not it's not to it's not to say that you shouldn't be fear you might not be feeling unease and things like that. It's the three Um, it's the three most valuable words in financial planning. In hmm. both in terms of those things, but you know, we use other examples of things where our emotions are working against us. People who are, you know, who have told you that they need to put this much money to super every year to live the retirement they want, will then go, yeah, but I, f- I feel as though I want a boat. Well, you mm. might feel as though you want a boat, but you cannot afford a boat, so don't do that. Mm. And that's it. That's the, the conversation ends there. It's not, I'm not going to sit there with that person and try and convince them that they shouldn't want a boat mm. because that's, that's beyond my pay grade. That's probably a psychologist thing. I don't, I don't know who talks them in and out of that, but the facts are that, you you mustn't do that. Do not do that. Is is all is all you can say. Is all you have to say. And I think the same thing applies. We know that when it comes to sort of delayed gratification type things like that, when it comes to those negative emotions like panic or you know, um, yeah, you're feeling really despondent because you've done all this work to build up your retirement savings and now it's dropped. You, you're experiencing this range of negative emotions, and your instinct is to act on that. I can't tell you not to feel those things and I'm, and I'm not going to pretend that you're not going to. I can only tell you that you, the best way to handle those is not to, is not to act on that. Is, mm. is, the best way to not panic is to not panic, is I guess the point there. Yeah, that's, that's I think, a thing where I, I said I'd tell us two stories about that. The, the, the follow-up story of that is I used to train with this other young guy that, that you know who 
and and his father was a bit of an amateur sports psychologist and it was interesting because even even me who who was who was training and was living that lifestyle i remember one day we got talking about you know doing rounds of sparring and i made some comment about you know do do you ever try and burn him out a bit and and try and really get him tired so that he can have that experience of the emotional state of being tired while Mm. we're sparring because we just finished doing some rounds and and they both sort of laughed and said you know he woke up this morning at four o'clock and ran 10 k's and then and then this afternoon he's done you know this training and then this training this training and now and now he's here sparring with you who you don't know what you're doing you're not you're no real danger Mm. to him but we are we are doing that right now. This mm. is this isn't something where we're we're trying to avoid those negative emotional states. We're trying to dive into them. We're trying mm. to go towards that and go. Of course, of course, we need to practice practice mm. experiencing that and practice doing the right thing under pressure. And and I think that's the hard thing about how people how people react or how they act in a in a downturn when you've bought shares in, in companies in these great companies in australia and around the world and the price is temporarily down is you don't really get a trial run if that makes sense you, mm. you don't get to have that you don't get to put yourself under that pressure other than other than when when the time actually comes when you need to make the right decision and so i don't think there's anything more useful that that we can say then is that you if we've if we've if we've explained anything in this podcast over the last 250 odd episodes it should be you know as it relates to our thesis on investing for your retirement, it's, it's you know, the nuts and bolts are that for most people, you mm. need to have some exposure to, to, to companies. You need to be invested in companies. We know that companies are going to have periods of time where their value drops significantly, very quickly, and it's going to be very scary mm. and it's going to be unpleasant and you're going to experience a range of emotions around that. And the third thing is you cannot act on that. Mm. The only way to not panic at that point in time is to not panic. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 financial advisors. For more information and resources, visit the Money Over 50 website, mo50.com.au. We look forward to catching up again soon.